This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who isn't calling out the folks who aren't in the room. President Joe Biden doing an event in North Carolina yesterday, calls out for Deborah, who, oh, by the way, happens to be in another state. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Just the latest in the long sign of indicators that tell us Joe Biden will not be the 2024 nominee. I agree with that. I don't doubt that he does. 888-788-9910. It's a big Friday on the show. Martha McCallum, the the bell of the cable news ball, classing up this program. And I always say Fox Across America is America's family meeting. I'm also bringing on my wife, Jenny Fela. Are you stupid or something? Probably, uh, but Jenny's always a good time on the radio. So, Whoa, tough crowd. They're firing shots. I kid. Uh, it's Friday. As you can see, we're in a chippy mood. If you're watching on Fox Nation, I am well overdressed for radio because I was just on with Harris Faulkner on the Faulkner Focus, and we had to run from there to here to make the live start of the show. So 888-788-9910 if you want to talk to this sharp-dressed man. You know the rules. They're the same every day. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. The only thing we ever, ever ask is that you don't be a... Boom. There it is. Happy Friday. So excited uh, to be here today. I'm in an amped up mood tomorrow night. Of course, we tape episode two of Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon, a show that hit number one in the ratings in its debut episode. Oh, girl, that's a big deal. Listen, I talk a lot of smack about my career. But it's because few men have accomplished more with less. Okay, I got nothing. Okay, I'm on the news channel. These people read books and stuff. They have college degrees. Like, I beat Mike Tyson's punch out on Nintendo in 1987. That's pretty much my signature achievement. (laughs) So I share these messages As a means of inspiring you to understand that if I can be here living my actual childhood dream, you can be doing literally anything you want to accomplish in this world because you live in America. Freedom! Now, as for who's in charge of America, I got to be honest, man. Uh, Whoo! Biden took a couple of shots at the microphone yesterday. Here he is batting leadoff looking for Deborah Ross uh, in North Carolina. Clip one. I also want to mention Congressman Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah? I just had my picture taken with her. That's probably why she left. No, all kidding aside. Anyway, you can, oh, she couldn't be here, actually. That's not true. I got it mixed up. 
and she has, you know, she fights very hard for the people of this district, and she's up in Washington right now. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. <laughs> I also want to mention Commerce Deborah Ross. I just had my picture with her. That is a fact check false. He has a good joke because he's affable. He's folksy on the stand when he's, you know, kind of semi has it together. I've said that about him in the past. So he tells a joke. They laugh. But he said, I just had my picture taken with her. No, he didn't. She was in Washington, D.C. There is no picture. They did not meet. Do you understand? They did not meet. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And we all get mixed up. But he gets mixed up literally all the time. Biden's lost his marbles. I don't know that he ever had them. So again, when you see something like that, and that's just the beginning of the day, he's asked about the March for Life in D.C. this weekend. They say, what is your what is your <laughs> what is your message for the March for Life people? And he says, March, which, of course, the Democrats lose their mind. They're all mad at him now because the Democrats don't support life. OK, they are not supporters of the March for Life. They want the president to say, don't waste your time. Killing babies is what life's all about, don't you know? Okay, the Democrats oppose the March for Life. They don't praise it. They slander it. They're like, oh, it's the handmaid's tale. These are forced pregnancies. These damn Republicans. Democrats are so full of crap. Listen, I have so much appreciation for the nuance of this issue. I absolutely, positively do. But the idea that the people who just want to let the babies live are the bad guys, I promise you, is not remotely close to true. Okay, if you've ever held a newborn baby in your hands and you were humbled by the grace of God to put you in that position, okay, if you are any what self-aware whatsoever, if you have any decency to you at all, you realize in that moment you are a part of an experience that's so much bigger than you or the inconvenience it might pose to your career or your financial situation or your relationship. I don't begrudge people who've made other decisions in that moment because the truth is it is a much easier decision to make if you haven't found yourself in that position before. Okay, but when you wind up in that position, you realize, oh, the people who just want to let babies live, yeah, there's no world. There's literally no world where they could be the bad guys. He knows what he's talking about. Now, that doesn't mean the pro-abortion people are bad either. They have a separate set of values. Okay, I don't like I would rather, you know, as a country, we work on more options to provide life than to choose death. And all that really means is, okay, abortion's going to exist because it's a state's rights issue. And the states that lean left are going to vote for abortion. That's just the way it's going to go. It's never going away. It's never going away. So to level with you, what we should ultimately do is allow the access to it on a limited basis, since we're never going to have the supermajorities to get rid of it at a federal level. But we should then collectively, even the pro-choice people, even the pro-choice people should go about finding ways for people to choose life. If that means adoption, boom. Okay, if that means selling it on Craigslist like we've been trying to do with Lincoln. Shut your mouth. Just being silly. But the point is, choose life where you can. And if the mother is in a position where she's endangered, then obviously there's a decision to make. If there's a rape or incest, obviously there's a decision to make. Okay, we get it. But if you could, in fact, give that baby to somebody who's dying to have a baby and doesn't find themselves in the position to do so, then I think as a society, the least we can do, knowing that's the decent side of the issue, is letting people live life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
Okay, if you're telling me we're not endowed by our creator with life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, then the whole entire Constitution is a fraud. Bingo. We're all frauds. And I don't believe we are. But moving forward, okay, the conversation is not about Jimmy's pro-life rant. It's about Biden and the fact that his political life is going to end any minute now. Tell him like it is. May he live to be 500. Okay, he already acts like it. But understand, when you hear the David Axelrods of the world being like, nah, this guy ain't going to be the guy. Okay, when you see the poll numbers at 33%, you guys, 33%. Do you know how many things are more popular than locking your keys in your car is polling at like 38 right now. <laughs> Losing your wallet on like a foreign trip, I believe, is polling at like 40. It's like within the margin of like 33 percent is historically unpopular. Presidents that led us through Great Depressions had higher approval ratings. Presidents who led us through unpopular wars, higher approval ratings. OK, it's historically bad. And it's not because he's old, because there are people 15 years older than Biden that are fine. Okay, the problem with Biden is not age, it's condition. If you look at the Carfax on Biden, he's not in good shape. So there he is yesterday going against Trump's economic record. Do you understand? Okay, Donald Trump as a job-creating president, as an economic force, was the best one in the last 100 years. Okay, his record is never going to show that because he foolishly listened to Dr. Fauci. He turned over his economy to Fauci, shut down the government and shut down businesses and everything else at the tail end of his administration. And he left office with negative job creation, which is unprecedented. But pre-pandemic, he was the best thing you've ever seen. A lot of people know that. And the reason they're trying to take a flyer on Trump a second time around is they believe he's learned his lesson when it comes to listening to people like Dr. Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Okay, I think it's beyond that. I think Fauci now, what we've learned through the testimony, was just going out of the way to cover that butt by back-channeling, you know, what our public posture was going to be towards COVID and its origins, if only to protect all of the gain-of-function research we were funding over in a Wuhan lab. You know, when you've got your own DOJ now publicly admitting, oh, yeah, It was being made in the lab, and that's where it came from. You realize that's a million miles away from where we were two years ago, where if you said COVID came from a lab, you were banned from polite society, banned from Twitter. All of the people lecturing you about misinformation are the ones spreading the misinformation. Okay, and when Biden gets out there yesterday in Raleigh, that's where he was. He went for ice cream. He gave a speech in Raleigh. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Here's a tape. He starts talking about Trump's economic record, says he's already Hoover. Here it is, clip two. Now, my predecessors like to say, America is a failing nation. In my face, bless me, Father, for his sin. I mean, come on. (laughs) A failing nation. And by the way, did you hear he wants to see the stock market crash? Because he does not want now. We're doing well. He acknowledges by that we're doing pretty damn well economically and getting better. He wants to see the stock market crash. You know why? He doesn't want to be the next Herbert Hoover. As I told him, he's already Hoover. I mean, come on. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. He's already Hoover? Did he preside over a Great Depression? The answer would be no. No, the economy absolutely slowed down. But do you realize all of Biden's job creation are just recovered jobs? Like, listen, if we're calling balls and strikes... Trump, listen to Fauci. Everybody on the right hates Fauci. He's the demon, you know, demon god of right wing criticism. And in a lot of reasons, 
uh, for good reason, for good measure. Okay, but the bottom line is Trump listened to him. Trump decimated his own economic record because he didn't have the balls to tell Fauci no in an election year because he thought all of that hysteria, which, to be fair, was there. He's going to get us all killed. He's not even listening to the experts. You know, and I understand, okay, why Trump felt compromised in that moment, but true leadership is doing what DeSantis did, okay, in ultimately following those initiatives early on, but quickly realizing, hey, this isn't good for anybody, and these people have no idea what they're talking about. DeSantis was head and shoulders better than Trump on Fauci. Does that mean DeSantis is going to win this primary? The answer would be no. No, DeSantis is either going to finish out his term as governor or go be in a Sharknado movie. He's got no chance. But understand, when Biden gets out there and tries to speak to you about, you know, Trump's uh, economic record, okay, understand that because of Trump's America first management of our economy, your life was better. Okay, the Trump tax cuts demonized as a sellout to his rich friends. That's what we were told. It's a sellout to the rich. Not even close. For the first time in 50 years, the lowest 1% of income earners were the greatest accelerators of household growth because of the Trump tax cuts. The rich were the ones who took the biggest beating because they eliminated SALT taxes, state and local taxes. Okay, the SALT deductions is what was actually eliminated. If you live in a house that has massive property taxes, 80000 a 100000 like you live in a legitimate bona fide mansion, you could only deduct the first $10,000 of your property taxes. Ergo, they lost a monstrous deduction. That, of course, cut the rich down the tiniest hair of a peg. I'm not telling you to start a GoFundMe. They're doing absolutely fine. But the point is middle-class Americans and single moms were the greatest accelerators of household wealth because of the Trump tax cuts. That's a good economic president. Okay, somebody who secures the border so we don't have to blow all of our tax dollars on human resourcing from our border patrol and then shipping migrants all over the country and then subsidizing free hotel rooms and food for people who broke the law to get here, that's a president who's making your life better. Your schools aren't overwhelmed. Your infrastructure isn't getting crushed. Somebody who boosts domestic energy production takes the teeth out from under guys like Vladimir Putin and the Shahs in Iran, make your gas prices lower, okay? And they make the world safer because the bad guys don't have the money to fund all their bad ideas. Okay, so if we're having just a factual conversation There's nuance to all of this, okay, but there is a clear indicator by any margin that Trump was a better economic president than Biden. And isn't it funny that Biden's out there using terms like, who is already a Hoover, okay? This dude got inflation to a 40-year high. He got it eight eight points higher than it was when Trump left office. He got gas at one point three and a half dollars higher, and he set the all-time record for illegal border crossings, which has led to an all-time record of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Biden is such a disaster. So if Biden's out there campaigning with names like Hoover, it's because he knows he's not going to get any votes using his own name. You are correct, sir. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. 
When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica, and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Friday. We want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. What do you think of the upcoming New Hampshire primaries? Is DeSantis going to drop out? He's polling at 5% right now, heading down to South Carolina. And then he claims he will also be making a hard go of it out in Nevada. Wrong. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I do not know. Uh, Nikki Haley uh, within... Uh, People say striking distance of Trump, but it's not actually true. Okay, you can tell me it's 10%, it's 14 it's 15%, okay? But what we just saw in Iowa was a blowout of such epic proportions that I don't think we're knee-jerking in saying that he's walking away with this thing by Tuesday. We're not wrong. Okay, I actually don't think it's good for the Republican Party. I think the longer this were to drag on, the better off he would actually be, if only— because he's going to be the only candidate running for the next six months. Like, if Biden is the nominee, let's just assume they're keeping him on the ticket. They can't take away grandpa's car keys. They can't take away grandpa's nuclear codes. Okay, we've already seen what that future campaign looks like. Okay, he's been doing nothing. When they trot him out in public, they don't know what's going to come out of his mouth, and neither does he. That's the problem. I keep forgetting I'm president. But then you understand... Okay, Kamala Harris is doing more media than ever. And, I, you know, Kamala Harris. This could be a problem. It's not good. So they're going to be playing a prevent defense, very much the way they did in 2020. And what they're going to count on is the media being Democratic surrogates and cutting down Trump. Trump's going to be on trial every day. Trump's going to be in court. Trump's a bad guy. Trump supporters are white supremacists. That's going to be the campaign. It's six months of that. 
understand that what's ultimately going to happen is Trump has no one to campaign against but Joe Biden because Joe Biden is currently the nominee. But June comes, they pull Biden off the ticket, and whatever momentum Trump built by saying, this guy sucks, I did better, now flies right out the window because he's now campaigning against a whole new guy. That's the strategy. That's what they're doing. I pay attention to this stuff every day. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing in New York City. We'll be heading back out onto the road in March and dig this. I cannot give you dates. I cannot give you venues. But I can tell you we're coming to Dallas, Texas in the month of June. It's all right. Nobody knows where. This is top secret information. When the tickets go on sale, uh, we will tell you right away. So all you KTBB listeners better drive up to Bucky's in Terrell, Texas buy a chocolate-covered grenade launcher, come see a radio buddy, tell some jokes, because it's going down in June. And the reason this information isn't public yet is we are going to be taking my TV show on a America the Beautiful tour. We're working on something where we're going to do a couple of live events over the summer in different cities, and we may very well be tacking one on in Dallas. No promises on that. That is me absolutely talking and telling tales out of school. But the fact remains, Dallas, we're coming your way. We're coming to your city as my man John Rich would say. So buckle up, Buttercup. In the meantime, if you want to see me live in March, uh, Friday night, the tour kicks off. Friday night, March 1st, Idaho Falls Colonial Theater. Saturday night, March 2nd, we are at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. Uh, That is also where we're hoping to interview Gavin Newsom for my Saturday night TV show. So check that out. Friday, March the 8th, we are down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Saturday, March the 9th, as you know, we just added a second show at the Ponte Vedre Concert Hall That is Saturday, March the 9th. Tickets for the second show now on sale at 5 p.m. show. The meet and greet, the post-show selfies, the groping, it's all going to go down. Friday, March 29th, Helena, Montana at the Helena Civic Center. Saturday, March 30th, we are at the Fox Theater in Spokane, Washington. Friday, April 5th, Federal Way Performing Arts Center in Federal Way, Washington. Saturday, April 6th, the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And hey, girl, check it out, Saturday, May 18th. We're back on the East Coast at the world-famous Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon, in his natural habitat, telling jokes, live on stage, a night out with the Fox Across America crew. It is going to get rowdy. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Fat, drunk, and stupid is a great way to go through a comedy tour. But enough of my side hustle. Let's get back to work. So Merrick Garland, who has probably done more to undermine faith in our justice system than any attorney general in any lifetime. I say that why? Because Merrick Garland, as you remember, was a designated Supreme Court justice appointee. Barack Obama was going to send him to the high court. It was, of course, an election year. The Republicans, Mitch McConnell, were like, hey, we can't do this during an election year. Let's wait till after the election. You get your guy in there, and that's how it's going to go down. That's just how white folks will do you. But the white folks aren't the bad ones in this moment, if you're watching this Merrick Garland melodrama play out. Okay, Barack Obama was an idiot for waiting till after the election. Don't be thick, all right? Well, he was. I understand how in that prisoner of the moment mentality that engulfs us all in politics, Barack Obama couldn't see a world where the Democrats were going to lose the election. Wrong. Okay, because they very well did. And it elect, you know, 
a cycle that began with Hillary Clinton. I think about this as a football game. Okay, this is real. The gambling odds made Hillary Clinton a three touchdown favorite over Donald Trump in the election. So Hillary is favored by 21 points against Donald Trump. And they are, we don't have to, you know, confirm a SCOTUS justice. Hillary's the nominee. She's favored by 21 points. Give her the keys to the car. We're good, Merrick Garland. Something funny happened on the way to the SCOTUS confirmation and the 2016 election ended with Hillary barking at the moon. And then, of course, in came the Russian collusion story. and the- It was made up by these sick people. But the point is, Trump now had the ability to, to appoint Supreme Court justices and, by all accounts, did a phenomenal job of doing so. But Merrick Garland was denied his seat on the bench. When Joe Biden became president and appointed Merrick Garland the attorney general, we immediately saw what we now all believe and rightfully so, to be the weaponization of our Justice Department. Whether it was targeting parents who innocently showed up to school board meetings as domestic terrorists, okay, the raids, the spying, okay, the story we're dealing with right now where they were actively collecting data on people who used very specific terms like MAGA or Trump or sporting goods stores because of gun purchases and stuff of that nature. Several libertarians, absolutely, those referees swallowing the whistles as Merrick Garland has trampled our Justice Department. Okay, understand, we now know every one of these prosecutions of Donald Trump has had an audience with the White House prior to being brought. Okay, that is the politicization of our justice system. Okay, we were told, if you remember, in the summer of 2016, they weren't, gonna, they weren't going to indict or prosecute Hillary Clinton for her private email server, despite the fact that she had egregiously violated our laws. But they weren't going to do it because it was an election year, and we can't put our thumb on the scale at an election year. Fast forward to 2024, they have indicted a guy 91 times. It went from you can't indict somebody once in an election year, this is bad, to, oh, by the way, here's 91 indictments. Okay, what do all 91 of those indictments have in common? They happened under Merrick Garland. So Merrick Garland... Now saying he sits down, okay, yesterday, and does a one-on-one with CNN. CNN is the worst. Okay, but the point he makes in this one-on-one is, you know, Merrick Garland is just looking out for the country here. So we need this Trump trial down in Georgia to happen fast. Come on, don't bullshit me. No, we, you know, it's for the good of the country that we get a guy on trial and we hopefully get him convicted you know, fast. We need this to happen. Just looking out for the country. If the guy leading in all the polls, okay, running away with the Republican nomination, beating the Democratic nominee, who just so happens to be the guy who gave me this job, okay, for the good of the country, we need to get that guy locked up as soon as we can. Imagine that. Listen, for the good of your family, folks, we need to light your house on fire. It's for the good of the family. Be for the good of the family. Make the neighborhood more stable if we just start committing arson. That's what this is. Okay, tr- you make no mistake about this, okay? These are political prosecutions. Most of them don't even have the, like, the, the one that started in New York with Alvin Bragg. He is a local prosecutor charging Trump on a federal crime. He doesn't even have the charging authority to do it. He's trying to tie the payoff to Stormy Daniels as a, as a violation of federal finance laws. 
and put Trump on trial in Washington, despite the fact that he is the New York okay prosecutor. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Think about that. Okay, then you get down to classified information, where we now know multiple high-ranking government officials retained classified documents. Okay, Hillary destroyed the evidence under a subpoena. Nothing for her. Biden left them in a milk crate next to his Corvette in his unlocked garage, which, oh, by the way, didn't have Secret Service protection because they were from his time in the Senate and vice presidency. And, oh, by the way, he didn't have declassification authority in either of those positions. So the truth is, I don't know, okay, the specifics of what Trump had, but I do know he had more of a right to have it than the people who got away without being prosecuted. The fact that those people happen to be the allies of the current attorney general, Trump happens to be his mortal enemy, really casts a really, you know, jaundiced eye on what Merrick Garland is doing. But here he is on CNN, you know, talking about, you know, Trump being targeted for political reasons, which he wants you to believe is completely not true. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Clip 15. Some of the polling recently shows that three quarters of Republicans believe that he's being targeted uh, for political reasons. Uh, does it concern you that uh, that this public perception exists and, and what can you do to try to change that? OK, um, of course, it concerns me. Um, what we have to do is show by the acts that we take that we're following the law, that we're following the facts, the um, um, prosecutions that you're talking about were brought last year. Um, and the uh, special mm-hmm. prosecutor has uh, said from the beginning uh, that he thinks uh, public interest requires a speedy uh, trial, which I agree with. You agree with that? I do. And uh, the matter is now in the hands of the uh, trial judges to determine when the uh, trials will take place. You are so full of sh- It's my favorite thing in the world. Did you see what he did there? So the criticism is, well, you know, this is uh, it's being targeted in an election year. So what does Merrick Garland do, which he thinks is the move here? And you go, if, you know, if you're a liberal, you go, ho, 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 it, it was not in an election year. OK, it happened last year. And all the liberals are just one of, you know, Trump people are stupid. They don't know any better. We're the smart ones. See, they're saying they're trying them during an election year. They actually started this when it was not an election year, except there's one small thing. Trump had already announced his candidacy. Oh, wow. Imagine that. So really think for a second, because when they're arguing a point that is factually not true, when they're giving you a deceitful terrain to have the debate on, they're not doing it because they have the moral high ground. I think he's got a point. Think about that. Well, it didn't happen in election year. It happened last year, uh, months after he announced he was running for the White House, you see. Do you get the scam here? Okay, but you got to understand When someone does something as divisive as this and tells you they're doing it for your own good, that is the very definition of a con man. It's an old adage from my time as a cab driver in New York City. They say a true con man, a true street hustler, would take away your eyeballs and make you think he was doing you a favor. And that's true. That's what they're doing here. Okay, you've got the leading guy on the ballot. Leading guy. He leads the Republican Party by, I mean, 20 points, 30 points. Okay, he leads Biden in every key swing state that determines the election. Biden is losing with black voters, historic margins of support with black male voters. 
Okay, he is losing historic levels of support with Latino voters. The two voting blocks that decide elections for Democrats. Oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, so Trump right now, the election was held today. He's the next president. If it's held today, he is the next president. So knowing that to be the case, and you've got Merrick Garland saying, no, no, we need to get this trial done for the good of the people. This trial isn't good for the good of anybody except for the people trying to protect the Democrat grip on power. I'm not saying that as like a Trump guy or a Fox News guy. We have a democracy. Okay, we have an election coming up. The people are supposed to sort this out. The Constitution of the United States is drawn up that way. It's not meant for two parties to fight over who controls the government. It's meant for the government to not control us. Okay, but when the government is telling you they might take a guy off the ballot, that's not you having a say in who your next president is. That's the government. And again, if somebody's like committing murder or doing something, fine. But the manufactured hysteria, the reaction to what Trump does, when you know there's a precedent for this type of stuff, doesn't mean it's good, but there's a precedent. Is Trump the first high-ranking government official to retain classified information? The answer would be no. Nope. Uh, He's just the first one to get charged for it. So when Merrick Garland gets out there and tries to make these points, no, it's not, you know, it's not political. Here he is asked about Hunter Biden, clip 16. But even uh, the the president's son, you know, Hunter Biden, uh, is accusing the department of uh, political uh, bias in the the prosecutions that have been launched against him. You know, how do you reassure the public that uh, these things are being handled in an independent manner, given the fact that these uh, special counsels do report to you? Look, we have uh, reasserted and clarified the norms of this Justice Department. We follow the facts and the law wherever they lead. Uh, Politics is not a part of our uh, determinations. uh, It would be improper, and it's not. That is a lie. Okay, we know, we know through FOIA requests that when the Department of Justice drafted a memo designating school board parents as domestic terrorists. They did that at the behest of the teachers union, which, oh, by the way, happens to be the largest donor sector for the Democratic Party. So we got a Democratic president gets his biggest fundraising from the teachers union. We've got an attorney general appointed by that Democratic president who goes and drafts a laughable memo that gives the FBI the right to spy on concerned parents, who, by the way, if you remember the story, okay, this started because a father's daughter was raped by a trans girl. What I mean by that is a boy went into the women's room dressed as a girl and raped someone. The school swept it under the rug because they didn't want to upend that month's pride initiatives and draw any negative attention to what they were attempting to do, at which point the kid was transferred to a second school and raped another girl. That dad showed up to a school board meeting with a lot of questions, as you'd imagine. Did he punch anyone? The answer would be no. Shove anyone? The answer would be no. Pull out a weapon on anyone? The answer would be no. But he was arrested. He was tackled. He was brought down. He was designated a domestic terror threat. Okay, that's what they want you to believe. And that's what Merrick Garland drafted. And he did so at the behest of the teachers union who wanted to be able to do whatever the hell they wanted at schools without any blowback from the parents. And that's where we find ourselves.
with an attorney general who wants you to believe politics doesn't play a role in anything he does when politics have dictated every single move. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa! It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you listen to the show regularly, you know there's few people in Washington I enjoy talking to more than South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Well, Tim Scott has just come out and he has endorsed Donald Trump in South Carolina, which gives Trump the whole entire state uh, in a potential matchup with Ron DeSantis or maybe Nikki Haley. Get her out. Get her out of here. Doesn't sound like Haley's going to be the nominee, but Kevin is on the line. He says she could be the VP. Kevin, what's going on in Hampton Roads, Virginia? My New York City. Uh, Jimmy, are you? Am I here? Yes. Yeah, my New York City brother for, uh, from a different mother. Hey, man, <laughs> that's good to hear that Tim Scott. You know, he took the risk and and endorsed the guy with seventy two percent. Way to go out on a limb, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Big risk taker there. Wow. Hey, um, I want to mention a, a, a quick uh, inside tidbit I just picked up in the last half hour about the New Hampshire primary. My son. Turns out he goes to Dartmouth up there, which is in New Hampshire, and I got this bright idea. Man, why don't you see if you can vote in the primary? And it turns out they'll let students do it. But that's not the, t- the tidbit. Uh-huh. I went to the, the voter registration office in Hanover, and, and they've got sample ballots. And I was really surprised there's 24 candidates on the Republican ballot. Is that true? 24. Oh. I had a hard time trying to find Trump. I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> and then... But, but here's the thing. On the Democrat, there's 21 candidates, but they had a couple of, I don't know, I would say interesting names running for president, like Paperboy Love Prince from Brooklyn, New York. Is, uh, does that sound like a real dude to you? He's on the ballot. Paperboy Love Prince. And also Vermin Supreme from Rockport, Mass. I don't Vermin okay. Supreme. De- Democrat candidates. But anyways, so um, – um, VP, the, the, have you picked up on all the scuttlebutt about whether Trump should pick Nikki Haley? Honestly, VP as, as crazy as this is, I've heard a lot of different things. I think she has a better shot than people realize. Um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit in the next hour with Martha McCallum because we're about 30 seconds from commercial break. But there's basically two lines of thought that are going to dictate what Trump does. And everybody on social media who tells you she's the devil and she has no shot has no insight to his process. Uh, We'll get into it in the next hour, but I thank you for starting the conversation, Kevin, my sister from another mister, or whatever the hell you called me. Back after this on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. Here we go. Big hour coming up. With your main man, Jimmy Fallon, it is Fox Across America. And dig this, Martha McCallum, a woman who is far too classy for this show. Tell him like it is. She is going to stop by nonetheless. And uh, wow, man, oh boy, oh man, I hope her crisis management PR team is lined up to work the phones tonight. Either way, a high honor to have the bell of the cable news ball in studio. You yourself also welcome to Get Past the Bouncer, 888 888- Seven eight eight nine nine one zero. You know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. You could be a member of the Whig Party, like Donald Trump. This guy will say anything. I'm just being silly. All we ask is that you don't be a. Boom! It's Friday. 
Martha's here. Jenny Fail is coming by. But right now, a little you and me time, if you will. Okay, and we head on down to Georgia where, whoo, this one's getting interesting. So Fanny Willis. I've heard it pronounced Fanny. I've had, heard it pronounced Fanny. I do believe the correct translation, though, is scam. Fanny Willis, Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney, now has to appear for a February 15th hearing regarding allegations that she had an improper relationship with her lead prosecutor. Okay, now if you haven't been following this story, here's your moment to get up to speed. What we now know, according to these court documents, is that Fannie Willis, the woman who's prosecuting Trump in Georgia, hired the guy she was shacking up with to lead the prosecution against Donald Trump. That's not right. Okay. And he benefited financially, being paid nearly $654,000 in legal fees, writing down in filings that he worked 24 hours a day on the case. Which people go, well, wait a minute, how could he be working 24 hours a day? You know, unless Fanny was putting him to work after hours. I love it when you talk dirty. You know, I don't know how else. But the point is he was getting paid to bang her. It's like a hooker. <laughs> it's like they hired a hooker to go after Donald Trump. <laughs> Probably work on me. I don't know if it would work on Trump. Uh, but stick with me here. Fanny Willis has not confirmed or denied the claim. If you remember, we played you clips at the beginning of the week where she said, you know, black women deserve grace. You can't all expect us to be perfect all the time. You know, Jesus, the Lord. and the- You are so full of sh- You're a prosecutor, okay? You are refusing to give grace to someone, okay? But you want it even though you yourself are leading a fraudulent prosecution. That's what's going on here. So basically what Fannie Willis did is, hey— I got this lead investigator that I'm shacking up with. I want to make a national name for myself by going after Donald Trump. So why don't I kill two birds with one stone? I hire the guy I'm shacking up with. He gets paid 10 times as much as the other investigators. We travel to the White House together. We get to spend a lot of after hours time. And in the process, we go after Donald Trump. That's what's going on. Okay. So understand, Fulton County records show he was paid nearly $654,000 in legal fees since 2022, an amount that was authorized by the district attorney, meaning her. Bingo. She is the district attorney. So you understand, she says, ah, they're going after me because I'm black. That's what it is. You don't understand. I'm a black woman. It's not easy. This is what they do. The left weaponizes race. Whenever they're losing an argument. Okay, and that argument is about to make its way in front of a judge. She could wind up losing her job while leading the prosecution into Donald Trump. That's what could be the end result of this whole thing. (laughs) I mean, Democrats told us the walls were closing in. I didn't realize they were the bedroom walls. But that's where we are now. So it's a fascinating time in our politics because you've got Trump under 5,000 indictments, Biden getting annihilated in the polls. Tim Scott just endorsed Trump a minute ago in South Carolina, which is really bad news for Nikki Haley. 
And then you've got this other outlying thing with Ron DeSantis. And Gavin Newsom, someone I hope to have on my Saturday night show soon. Uh, We're back channeling that effort right now. Okay, I am trying to do this thing. There's a great write-up on my show right now uh, in Ad Week. TV Newser just did a profile on my show. It came out today. There's an additional profile coming out in Forbes magazine. I can't wait to read it. Okay, I can't imagine what list I made in Forbes. 50 guys who wear a size 50. (laughs) I I have no idea what I'm doing there. But the point is the article in Ad Week tells the story of the show, and it's very much the story you know to be true from listening to the radio every day. We want people from every party to hang out and laugh. I'm not bringing them on to fight with them about policy or the border or anything in between. Okay, this this radio show is a lot more political than my TV show. Okay, because the TV show is a straight comedy show. Okay, news doesn't break on that show. If news breaks while I'm on TV, they're taking the show down and going to a reporter. Okay, if news breaks while I'm anchoring a three-hour talk show, they're sticking with me. Why, I have no idea. But the point is, Gavin Newsom would be great on the show. But here he is twisting the knife into Ron DeSantis. If you remember, Newsom had a debate with DeSantis. Sean Hannity put the whole thing together. Some people were mad. They were like, why are you giving Gavin Newsom a platform on Fox News? Because we want to have the conversation on Fox News. We want these people on. We want to have the idea battle. Okay, conservative hosts like Hannity want to debate their ideas for this country against liberal ideas. To his credit, Ron DeSantis wants to debate his vision for this country against somebody like Gavin Newsom, who is a prominent rising star in the Democratic Party. Okay, we want the conversation over here at Fox. We're not, uh, you know, shirking away from the idea battle because this current model of deciding elections based on who can call who the bigger racist or the bigger commie or the bigger white supremacist is what's divided the country to the point that people can't coexist. And everything's going to hell right now. I mean, you look at this woke-topia the left has built. I mean, everything woke turns to That being said, Gavin Newsom, the fresh face of wokeism, guy's putting on hair gel with a soup ladle, okay, has really made a mess of California, but he is a hot ticket in the Democratic Party. He might be the nominee. Biden's not the nominee, guys. He is not the nominee. He's not the nominee. Okay, Trump is going to clinch the nomination in like a half hour, and then he'll be out there on his own campaigning against Biden for five months because Biden ain't campaigning. Okay, and then after all of that energy, after all of that money's been spent, after all of those rallies have been held, after all of those truth social posts have been made in all caps, okay, they take Biden off the ticket, and the Republicans just blew a lot of their war trust and a lot of the energy of an 80-year-old man. Okay, not easy. At which point the whole argument that he's too old, he's a mess, he can't do the gig, becomes the argument against Trump. He's too old, he's a mess, he can't do the gig. We need a younger direction to go in. And Gavin Newsom becomes the nominee. Gretchen Whitner becomes the nominee. Susan Rice becomes somebody like that. It's going to happen. It's not going to be Kamala. No chance. But Trump and Biden will not be the matchup. I will bet any of you listening $1,000. I will pay you. I have a gambling problem. Anybody who wants to bet me $1,000, I will bet you $1,000. I'll bet anything, okay, because I'm stupid. Uh, But the point is he won't be the nominee. No chance. So here is Newsom, a guy who might ultimately be the nominee. Curiously, as Biden's poll numbers hit 33%, As Trump wins Iowa by a historic margin and looks to wrap things up Tuesday night in New Hampshire, curiously, Gavin Newsom, a guy who has no interest in running for president, according to him, starts doing media hits. Weird. Must be a total coincidence. I'm sure this is just, you know, 
Nothing to see here at all, right? I mean, come on. Here it is, clip nine. DeSantis is toast. Oh. Uh, that's self-evident. I don't think he's even spending much time in New Hampshire. He's given up on that. I don't know a state he could win in a primary. Uh, Ooh. So that's for certain. Oh. Uh, you know, it's Trump's to lose. Time to recognize that and look forward. Biden administration um, has already understood this and the rest of us to get on with it uh, and clarify the choice and the consequences of a, a second Trump term. Ooh, Gavin Newsom sticking the knife into DeSantis. That was rough. This is politics as usual. It's worse than that, though. It's personal. They hated each other at that debate. Uh, the reason Hannity had invited them both to go on after the allotted time was over. He said, we're going to go to break. We'll come back. It sounds like we're going to do a little extra. And apparently the Newsom people, DeSantis people, ain't friends. And they were like, oh, no, we're done. We're not hanging out with these people. You guys disgust me. That's how this thing ended. You guys disgust me. That Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. So DeSantis loves the idea, okay, of debating Newsom because he thinks he has better ideas. But Newsom is a lot better on TV. So it made for, to be honest, if you were debating it on the facts, on the merits, DeSantis won. But if you look at it like a TV event, okay, it was a win for Newsom because he got to be out there, be savvy and sexy and sweet and lie about everything. He didn't really answer most of the questions. But his animus for Ron DeSantis was only ratcheted up a little higher. And in the process, he got a little more national exposure. And Gavin Newsom is loving, oh, goodness gracious, what's happening to Ron DeSantis. And make no mistake, like he has finished. Here's Trump in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, saying so, clip 10. By the time he joined the campaign, he was pretty much decapitated. But he has not done, he has not done a good job in campaigning. But I'm sure he's a nice fellow. I think he's going to be gone. I think all of those applause, that was funny. But I think, he's, I think you can probably save him for about a week or so, because I think he's going to be gone. He's in fifth. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear that. I suspect now. Well, I hear he's going to drop out pretty soon, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, may God bless him. Do you agree? May God bless him. <laughs> he's going to need it. Oh, so Trump's sticking it to DeSantis, but doing so in a classy manner. Here is DeSantis on with Hugh Hewitt, talented broadcaster in his own right, uh, telling Hugh, Hugh Hewitt he regrets not doing more interviews, which is basically him in an exit interview. Here it is, clip eight. I spent a lot of time on the ground in Iowa, and, and it's good, and when you meet people, you convert them, but there's just so many voters out there that you got to do, and I came in uh, not really doing as much media. Um, I should have just been blanketing. I should have gone on all the corporate sh shows. I should have gone on everything. I started doing that as we got into the end of the summer, um, and we did it, but we had an opportunity, I think, to come out of the gate and do that and reach a much broader folks. Now I'm everywhere. So here's the real problem for DeSantis. He's everywhere because he's desperate. <laughs> That's why he's everywhere. He came into this with a real arrogance to him, with a real arrogance to him, because he has they, they paid a lot of influencers on social media to tweet and retweet snarky stuff on his behalf. They were refusing media requests. We couldn't get him on this show. And then we had him on the show and they were now suddenly reaching out to us to get him back on. But it's not because I'm so good at radio. It's because they quickly had hit a point where the fundraising was starting to go south for the winter. Because DeSantis's best poll numbers were a year ago. They were last January when he was yet to have gotten into the race. DeSantis had a lot of heat after his reelection in November. 
Okay, he won by historic margins going away, increasing leads with minorities in blocks a Republican had never achieved before. He was the hot ticket. He was polling even with Trump. That was last January. And a lot of people were rightfully upset with Trump because he got them killed down ballot. Trump may win the presidency again. He's bad down ballot for the Republican Party. You don't get back the House. You don't get back the Senate. Uh, because in these personal races on a district-by-district basis, there's just a lot of hatred for the guy. Doesn't mean it's deserved. Don't get mad. It's not a Trump bash. It's just a guy who has the balls, to be honest with you. Okay, but understand this. Okay, DeSantis had a moment. Okay, it passed him by. Their arrogance... They really thought they were going to position this so he could finish up his supermajority in the state legislature and pass more legislation, which he wound up doing. But by the time he had gotten into the race, that poll number that had been even with Trump had been eroded dramatically because Trump spent every day clobbering the guy. And DeSantis spent every day just being smug and going, no, I'm not doing your interview. I don't need you. I'll never forget, I'll never forget, sitting in my office, so many little things, like little instinctive things happen that shape my opinions, okay? I'll never forget, it's about a year ago, he was on America's Newsroom with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino, okay, as as respected as anybody in our profession. Like, if there is a Mount Rushmore of people that we respect, meaning people who work in this industry, you're talking Hemmer, talking Perino, you're talking Martha McCallum, talking Shannon Bream, you're talking Brett Baer, okay? You know, the, these are people, do you understand? You want to throw Harrison there for what she's doing? Fine. I mean, but what I'm trying to say to you is, in terms of the people that are strictly in news, I'm not talking about the opinion host of big ratings and everything else like that. I'm not in that class. I'm, you know, a circus clown. But the point is, he was on with the most respected people on the most respected show. And they asked him about the rumor that he was getting into the race, which everybody knew he was going to get into the race. And he goes, you know, so what do you make of this rumor? You could be jumping into the race in the next few weeks. And DeSantis goes, well, wouldn't you like to know? And he didn't say it with a smile. And I just looked at him in my office and I was like, this guy's a serious ass. And it doesn't mean he is, but it means there was an arrogance that he took into this race that is all the way gone based on how he performed. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up because we're going to be chatting with the best of the best. Martha McCallum joining us in the next break. A woman I say all the time, far too classy for this program. I agree with that. But uh, the friendship of someone as esteemed as Senora McCallum uh, goes a long way towards giving me a lot more confidence than a man of my abilities should have. So be interested to get her take. She is, of course, sitting there at the decision desk on election night announcing the state-by-state calls that we make at our decision desk. There is no higher honor in the news industry. There is no important or consequential role on camera. You got McCallum, you got Bear, and you got Battle and Bill Hemmer at the board. Hemmer 
is going off the meter tomorrow night. He is on Fox News Saturday night. He is taking over where Dana Perino left off last week uh, and agreeing to be interviewed on live TV. And he has to answer anything I ask him. That can't be good. Well, there's one thing going for them. I mean, these people are so powerful. It's only so far I'm going to take it uh, in, a, in a brazen attempt at self-preservation. Okay, as much as I liked driving a cab, I'm not in a rush to go back to it. <laughs> this TV and radio thing ain't so bad. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making do uh, with all the Times Square billboards and massive media exposure. I'm figuring it out. But the point is, uh, when we talk to Martha, someone who is as insightful about the general election and, of course, the primary season as well. I'm really interested to get her take on where she sees this thing going next. We know the race is over. I mean, in my opinion, barring a miracle in New Hampshire, it's over. Okay, I don't mean to be anticlimactic, but this was supposed to be, okay, a battle like Tyson Holyfield, a little bit more of a back and forth. This has been Tyson Spinks. Trump knocked everybody out in the first round. Okay, and I do believe he's going to clinch this thing sooner than later. Do the other folks have the money to keep going? Yes, but they're only going because there's, you know, hope out there in both parties that Trump gets arrested or indicted and convicted. Uh, But if we've learned anything from the last six months is that Trump could be in jail making license plates And there's going to be all the support he needs in the Republican Party because they've lost faith in the Justice Department. Sad sign for them. Hey, girl. So much more than a radio show. Uh, Not only are we interviewing this next guest, but we're helping her thaw out from her trip to Iowa. (laughs) Joining us now from her decompression chamber, Martha McCallum is here. The crowd goes wild. Good to see you. Yeah, you have to go slowly. You can't jump right into the sauna. Like It has to be a slow process when you go from negative 15. Last night I was outside playing paddle tennis, uh-huh. and I was like, it feels so good to be outside because we were basically, you know, uh-huh. we could step outside for a small Imagine. period of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and breathe fresh air deeply and then head back into the hermetically sealed uh, convention center. So I have a question about this. Was mm. the fact that it was over so early a good thing for your survival or bad? Because then you just had to sit there with no drama to build towards. So, you know, obviously in the news business, whenever a, a race is interesting yeah. and competitive, mm-hmm. it, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're there to cover the story. And it is <laughs> it, it, it unfolded as it did. Yeah. And, and interestingly, um, you know, we were just looking at some of the ratings and all of that. I mean, people really hung with us and yeah, through did. midnight. They mm-hmm. were very interested to see what happened. The crazy thing is that this is a story of 100,000 people who who showed up yeah. on a night when it was 15 below and there were two huge football games and an award ceremony going on. Imagine so that. It's those 100,000 people, Jimmy. <laughs> so we want to see if, you know, now we have the next test coming up in New Hampshire yeah. uh, to see how another part of the country feels about this. And then we're all building up to the big day on, on Super Tuesday when, you know, I think things will be really uh-huh. very clear. Think of the level of patriot, though, you have to be <laughs> if there's two NFL wild card games on. It's negative temperature. And you're like, I'm going to caucus. I mean, these are good people. We they need to are these people. people. We met so many of them mm-hmm. in Iowa. And, you know, they really do relish being the first in the nation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody we talked to was either I'm really excited. It's the first time I've ever done it. Or I've been doing it for 30 years, and I would never miss being part of this process. It's pretty cool, actually, when you talk to people yeah. about it. Well, you know what I love about it? We're talking to the great Martha McCallum. Is caucusing is basically Twitter in person. 
Exactly. You know, I was like, I'm voting for that guy. You're a dope. Exactly. And then you got to like talk it over. Which is so much better, yes. right? I mean, can you imagine if they just forced us all to do Twitter in person, which would actually be life the way it used yeah, to be. Yeah, imagine. Um, where if you had the guts to say something to someone in, in mm-hmm. face-to-face, you actually said it. Otherwise, yep. people are hiding behind all yeah, this, yeah. you know, <laughs> social media. I always laugh, Martha. Because, yeah, because Twitter is like, when you really think about it, you're getting in a road rage argument with a guy who's on a different highway than you. You're on, like, Route totally. 80. Yeah, he's on 75 going south. And you're like, yeah, screw you, buddy. I love it when, when friends, like, show me something. Look at what this person said. I'm like, who cares? Who is this person? Yeah. Why, why, who, why do we care? Yep. Who is this person? We yeah. are. We're fighting all the wrong battles. And exactly. The, and I think what you're going to learn, uh, there's a new show on. It's called Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. No way. Yeah, I know. You're vaguely Starring you? Vague, you stomp it, Mark. Starring the great you stomp it. rocket I, ship Jimmy Fallon? I probably owe you royalties. I'm going to call you Rocket now. <laughs> the <laughs> Rocket Man. Last I'm like, time I was here, I decided to call you James. Jim, Jim Jong-un. I went from James to, to yes. Little Rocket Man. I'm like Kim rocket Jong-un. Man. Jim Jong-un. Yep, well, that's you. do I owe you royalties? You've obviously had an oversized impact on my growth here at Fox. How does this work? We can think about that. How did he? Going to kind of hang it over your head. Can I tell you, know, you while you become a <laughs> star? How did he straight asked for them on the air? Said he wants them. Jesse, yeah. Jesse wants a Venmo. I'm not. <laughs> this, we've had this discussion, and I went through it with Dana. I went. Hammers on the show tomorrow yeah. night. So we, we made you who you are, Jimmy. No, you didn't. It matters. No, it does matter. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm mindful it takes of a this. Village, believe me. <laughs> This did not happen easily. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Shots fired. Martha McCallum is here. But, you know, I I am Sicilian. I'm half Sicilian. I'm half Polish. I'm very very loyal. So I I do owe Mm. people, and I'm mindful of this, and we can pursue this offline. But the one question the American people need to have answered, okay, Perino did an off-the-meter. Hammer did an off-the-meter. Off-the-meter is basically they're going to sit down. I'm going to ask you anything for five minutes. It's not going to be politics. It's not going to be your job. Yeah, it's I going love to be it. goofy. Well, you would commit to this. 100%. Martha McCallum is on the <laughs> docket. All right, we will find your people and get this scheduled. Thank you. Oh, this is a big deal because it classes up the show. That's exciting. So, when did Dana do hers? Yes, she did. I'll send you the link. Yeah, send love me the it. link. And we did it. was and good. Hammer, you know, that, that, I don't Hammer's know. Hammer's tomorrow I, night. I, That's I don't live know if TV. I want to see Hammer off we, the meter. <laughs> well, the problem <laughs> tomorrow night is like, we're going to have Hammer in studio with the Wolf of Wall Street. And those two have to pretend for an hour that they don't know each other. And I think that's going to be tri- I think it's going to be yeah, tricky. That will be good. I bet you there's some overlap, like late 80s, early 90s. I don't doubt yeah. the Hammer and Jordan Belfort. You're not Belfort. talking about having Leo. Leo uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry to we're, let we're you down. We're talking about the actual <laughs> we, Wolf of we Wall Leo, I think we'd have you on tomorrow night's yeah, show. He's interesting, that guy. Yeah, Very no, he is. Yeah. He's fascinating. So we're talking to Martha McCallum. We're talking about politics. Um, the basic scuttlebutt here uh, is that. After South Carolina, which now has the caveat of a Tim Scott endorsement for Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. there's not a very long road ahead for DeSantis. What do you think the strategy is here? Do you think he's in it to win it? Do you think he's just in it to further the national name recognition for the next go-round? Or do you think there's a general belief he can still win this thing? Because I don't. You know, uh, it's been a very rough road for him. Mm There have been a lot of questions all along about the way that this campaign was run and about him – as a candidate and how good he is as a candidate. He has a tremendous resume. It's good. It's really good. And he is beloved as governor of the state of Florida. The question becomes, can you translate that into a national understanding? And and in some ways, you know, I was thinking about this today. It reminds me a little bit, and I'm not saying the outcome is is the same, you know, because Rudy Giuliani ended up dropping out. But it reminds me a little bit of Rudy, right? Because Mm -hmm. Rudy was the human being who was meant to be the mayor of the city of New York on 9-11. He was America's mayor. And so when he tried to run for president, there was this very broad spread assumption that he was going to do well yeah. because he had made it. He was on the cover of Time magazine. He made a huge that. name for himself, right? Um, he got in late. 
Went to like Florida. Okay. He like staked he it got out in Florida. Late. He basically waited until like yeah, Super Tuesday in, into March, I believe, um, before he really got in. So there are some interesting parallels here. The men are very different people. Yeah. Um, and we have seen, you know, the route that Rudy has gone, and I'm not suggesting in any way that mm-hmm. that I, I think that Ron DeSantis is young, mm-hmm. he's smart, he learns on the fly, he's learning a lot right now. We also don't know what's going to ultimately happen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There are other shoes to drop in this whole thing. Yeah. There are third-party you know, ghosts hanging around that are going to maybe have an impact on all of this. So I think if you're Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, you're looking at this saying there may be a plan, a need for a backup plan at some point Just... in all of this. And so I wouldn't write any of them off yet. Remember, you've had 100,000 people who didn't want to watch either NFL game come out to, <laughs> to come out to yeah. caucus. And that's all we have on the map right now. That's that it. is it. So hold your horses, everybody. <laughs> we got a little bit of a way to go here. I would just encourage everyone to continue to play, keep playing the game. All we know is 110,000 people who don't watch football have <laughs> <laughs> had their voices heard. Judging by the NFL ratings, there's a lot more people out yeah. there that do. And that's where it's going to get interesting. Do the McCallums watch the NFL playoffs this weekend? Um, you know what? Our team's not in oh, the mix anymore. Um, <laughs> Patriots and Jets and Giants. We have a we have a very diverse uh, okay. fan Do base, but but all of these teams, if you may have noticed, yeah. are not in the running. So you know, we'll see. We'll right. see what happens. Well, the, There's some teams that I really don't like that I don't want to talk about that are right. still left. Um, I, I don't so I'm, get, I'm rooting for the other teams. I don't want to get into your personal beef with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I think it's catty and beneath you personally. <laughs> I'm kidding about all of that, uh, but I am not kidding, Martha McCallum, when I say you are the best. Everybody listening, watch the story every day at 3 p.m. Thank and you. look out for Martha on Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. No, to stop it. Thank you. you. It's insane. And I'm so excited to have the opportunity and to represent us on the stage. But I'm nervous about these payoffs. A lot of I just thought everybody would be like, ha ha, you don't owe me anything. Everybody here was like, I don't know. Well, now that I know that you're part Sicilian, I know you understand what I'm talking about. Martha just looked around the studio. I'm a Catholic girl from New Jersey, but I have seen The Godfather many times. He goes, it's a nice studio you got, Jimmy. It'd be a shame if something would have happened to it. You know what what I mean? An offer, an offer we can't refuse. The great Martha. Callum, we're back after this. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing a dang thing on a Friday. We always call this show America's Family Meeting. Well, in the next hour... You will have a pretty significant member of my family. Jenny Fail is coming on the show. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Stop it. Jenny's the pride of the fleet. I Pound for pound, uh, third most powerful member of my family, if you were going to break it down. It's probably Daisy the Cat ranked one. Uh, because she just she's 18, she doesn't shut up, and she does what she wants. She yells at you to give her treats, yells at you to pet her, yells at you to get out of the off the couch she wants to sit on. I would say Daisy's probably one. The dog, by default, a lovable two. I would put Jenny third. I think Lincoln, mm, me and Lincoln, it's tight. I would put Lincoln slightly. I'd put myself slightly ahead of Lincoln. Shut your mouth. But either way you slice it, uh, an high honor. To get Jenny Fela onto the show. I mean, we're married. That's one thing. But to actually come on this house of ill repute is another. Uh, but I bring up family stuff. I bring up parental concerns. Because there's a bill in the main legislature right now that I got to tell you. Okay, they're working on a bill they want to bring to committee that would make Maine a sanctuary state. 
for children who are seeking gender-affirming care. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And why do I say that? Because essentially what the bill that is in committee would mean is that kids in other states, underage children who want to permanently alter their body, can now flee their home state without parental consent and they can get their body altered in Maine. That's not right. So here's the deal. You're a kid in California. You're a kid in, you're a kid in Iowa, okay? You're 12 years old, you know, at an age when you can't legally get a tattoo, can't alter your body with ink, couldn't legally get a boob job, can't physically alter your body to enhance it, okay? Couldn't buy a pack of cigarettes, couldn't drive a car, couldn't vote in an election, Okay, but understand, you can now choose you would like to cut a part of your body off. What the hell is the world coming to? It's disgusting. Okay, but understand that if you are in that place in life, if that's where you find yourself, we're no longer living in a world of mother knows best, father knows best. We're now living in a world of, well, then screw your parents. Oh, your parents won't let you surgically alter your body as an underage child? Oh, your state doesn't give you the right to surgically alter your body as an underage child? No problem. Come on down the main. That's what they're proposing. Guys, it's barbaric, and I'm not being transphobic. I am not dismissing or diminishing the conflict some people are going through. I don't doubt there are folks born in the wrong body or at least believe that they're born. They have a body dysmorphia. Like, I don't doubt that. But the surgery doesn't actually make you a new thing. And here's a newsflash. Okay. If you aren't comfortable in your original skin, there's something inside of you that's going to make you uncomfortable in the next skin. I think he's got a point. Straight up. But kids don't arrive at this conclusion without adults pounding it into their head every step of the way. Hey, Snookums, how was school? You look a little down. Maybe maybe we should chop your junk off. I, I don't know, hon. You really struggled with your homework today. Are you sure you don't want to add boobs to this thing? I mean, I just, I'm saying we can, you know, get some treatments for the hair. We can get you on some puberty blockers. That's what they're doing. And you understand the term puberty blockers. What does that mean? It means it is blocking the child's natural development. You're making a permanent decision before the child has gone through its developmental stage. That's criminal. That's barbaric. Again, if you're 18, do anything you want to your body. I don't care. It's America. Okay? You're over 18. As long as it's late, you do what you want to your body. Freedom! But if you're under 18, you shouldn't be doing anything. Until you're fully developed, straight up. I'm not a bad guy for saying that. I'm not going to back down off of that because of some type of social press. Oh, you're transphobe. No, no, we're not a transphobe. Okay. We're just, we're not anti-trans. We're pro letting children develop. And I take that position. Why? Because I, as a parent, I have one kid. And I've told the story before on the air. Lincoln has gone through so many pronounced changes as he hit puberty, okay, in terms of his preferences, in terms of his lifestyle, in terms of his decision-making, pre-puberty, Lincoln 
hated sports. He didn't watch the Super Bowl at my mom's Super Bowl party. He didn't play me in Madden on the Xbox. These were things he wasn't into. Okay. Then one day he hit puberty. Okay. Started checking out chicks. Hubba, hubba. Or whatever it was. I don't know. But he suddenly became a workout machine. He got, he lost 50 pounds. He fell in love with the NFL. He pushed aside his Fortnite controller on the Xbox and won't stop playing in Madden and MLB the show. He loves sports. It is the sole focus of his existence. If I come home tonight, I'm like, oh, yeah, got to get some rest. I got the Wolf of Wall Street on Fox News Saturday night tomorrow. His response is going to be, Mike Tomlin just said he's staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's at that age that we went through as sports fans where you're so passionate about sports. It's all you know that you're working it into every conversation. It's a non sequiturs. You know, welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Is Bill Belichick going to go to the Falcons? Like, sir, we can't actually address. We don't have that intel. We're McDonald's. (laughs) Just press the button you want on the kiosk and uh, we'll get you this Big Mac right away. That's what he's going through. But you understand if Nine-year-old Lincoln, eight-year-old Lincoln was like, I don't like sports, and I want to permanently not like sports. Can I get a surgery that will permanently make me not like sports? He will have missed out on the greatest joy he knows. But I understand this is bigger than sports, but un- but understand at the same time, the body, your eight-year-old, your nine-year-old, or your ten-year-old wants to surgically alter, they might have a different opinion on at 14, 15, and 16, especially when you consider surgically altering these bodies. This is where it gets so crazy. Okay, I flew. It's so nuts, man. During the fall, I flew back. I was flying back from Reno, and I flew back from Reno. We connected in Utah, and I flew on a flight from Utah back to JFK with a pediatrician in my row, and a surgeon in my row, okay? We were talking on the plane about what it actually physically constitutes to do this to your body. If you go out and get a gender reassignment surgery, you actually are now living in a body that can't feel sexual pleasure. Did you know that? So if you think you're bummed out now, now you've switched to the opposite sex and you can't actually enjoy yourself sexually on behalf of the sex. I got to be honest with you. If you were bummed out before, you know, you're taking a little bit of fun off the table. I think he's got a point. I mean, man. So you understand there's that. There's a functionality aspect to this. If you are a woman and you transition to a man, do you actually get working male genitalia? The answer would be no. No. They take tissue from your butt And they turn it into a dangling piece of thing. I'm not saying you can't prepare. I'm saying that it's Halloween. It's Halloween. You're not the thing that you're dressing up to be. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. You were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. So anybody in Maine that's telling people otherwise and proposing that they defy their parental guidance and their state laws and flee to Maine, okay, are not 
going to go down in history as the ones who were helping these conflicted kids. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, we got some saucy allegations kicking things off in our final hour of the week. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jenny Fallon, the belle of the ball, the woman who makes it all possible, going to be joining us on the back end of this hour for a little State of the Union about parenting in the year 2024 where the state of Maine is now becoming a sanctuary state for children running away from home to get gender reassignment uh, surgeries. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. It really is, man. 888-788-9910. We'll go there, but we'll start here. Uh, the Daily Mail is running an exclusive. I don't know how true it is, but according to the exclusive, GOP presidential hopeful Nikki Haley uh was apparently shacking up with her comms consultant and a married lobbyist in some steamy trysts in her Cadillac. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Now, they're saying this happened before she became governor, uh, but this is according to sworn affidavits and new witnesses. So this is technically old news made new. Now, I've got to be honest with you. This is one of those precarious moments where do you remember when they tried to destroy Trump? Because they're like, Donald Trump's a bad man. He slept with a porn star. Hubba, hubba. That's what most people said. They're like, really? I'd like to do that sometime. (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, Nikki Haley's support might go up uh, if she's this good at raising poll numbers. But the point being is uh, political attacks in this race are getting vicious. Okay, Haley, to her credit, denies this. Uh, It reportedly happened before she became the governor of South Carolina in 2010. Uh, And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it is a very saucy report that's indicative of where we are in the race. Okay, as Martha McCallum was saying in the last hour, it would appear it would appear that Trump is going to wrap this thing up based on how far ahead he is. But because the potential for other things to happen is as great as it is. There's a reality for the people who do oppo research and try to destroy the character of the people that they're up against that Nikki Haley still poses a huge threat to the Democrats. Wrong. Now, be very clear. The Democrats want to run against Donald Trump, okay? Everybody who badmouths him in the media wants him to run because he's great for ratings. Correct the mundo. Dude, there's nothing. There's nothing on earth. Rachel Maddow wants more than Trump to be the nominee. Nothing on earth. I mean, she wants him to win in, in an ideal world. So she gets a guaranteed box office gold for the next five years. They don't, people don't care about you. They don't care about the country, all the posturing they do. They had the guy on their network for 15 years. Then he runs for president, and they're like, he's Hitler. That's not serious. Ser- you can't say that as a serious person. Okay, but they're not serious people. They're circus clowns. That's what you're dealing with in the mainstream media. Every one of these news shows should have a tent over it. (laughs) The reality is they do want to run against Trump because of the baggage. He's got high negatives. Nikki Haley doesn't have the high negatives. And on the issue of abortion, she's the most viable Republican in the field. Abortion being the most important issue to Democrats, that's a huge liability for them. So this is not Trump 
leaking opposition research to damage Nikki Haley, because I don't know if you noticed, Trump isn't running on the man of the year lane. Okay, he's not running on the family values ticket. Okay, he's been divorced three times. He's been convicted in a civil court of wrongfully touching a woman. It's not criminal rape. Okay, but he is being held civilly liable. Okay, he doesn't have this leg to stand on. This is not Trump. If Trump wants to go after somebody, he just goes after him. Guy tweeted that Ted Cruz's wife was a dog. That's what he tweeted. Ted Cruz's wife is a dog. And Ted Cruz is out there stumping for Trump every night. (coughs) People don't care. It's all, you know, a battle for power. And I understand. But the people who would come nuke Nikki Haley in this moment are the people who see she has a lot of donor money. There's only two people who'd want to do that. One, okay, are Democratic voters. The other are Ron DeSantis. Bingo. All the money that used to be DeSantis money is now Haley money. So you've got that and you've got the reality that the people on the left are horrified of her being the nominee. She could win. She's up against Biden 17 points in the polls. Straight up, she'd walk away with the general election. I say this to people every day. They get mad. Oh, neocon. Well, she's not a conservative. You've, how could you see? You don't know that. Okay, but that's become the trendy attack on Twitter where groupthink is fashionable. And you go, oh, that guy got some likes for calling her a globalist. I'd like to get some likes, so I think I'll call her a globalist too. And that's what people do, and that's what Twitter is. If you're in the click business, you've got to say the things that will get you the clicks. It encourages groupthink. Twitter was bad when the liberals ran it. It's not much better when the Republicans run it because it's being discredited because they're over-amplifying Republican voices. And the fact that Elon Musk is the owner of Twitter, is chiming in to take political positions, discredits the motivation of the platform. But when you hear about the general election, okay, you realize that the Democrats won the midterms. We were going to have a red wave. Biden was upside down on every issue. He was upside down on the border. He was upside down on crime. He was upside down on foreign policy. He was upside down on the economy. He was upside down, meaning polling in the negatives on every one of those metrics. Seventy percent of the people thought the country was heading in the wrong direction going into the midterms. We're going to have a red wave, you see. (laughs) Republicans spectacularly underachieved because the repeal of Roe versus Wade turned out the pro-abortion vote for the Democrats like nothing we'd ever seen before. You understand in the general, they're going to be running either A against Trump, who appointed the two justices that actually reversed the court standing on Roe versus Wade, or they're going to be appointing DeSantis, who passed a pro-life bill that is stricter than anything anywhere in the country which is a real liability for a Republican in a general election because the Democrats are going to get out there and say he's taking away your abortion rights or he would take away your abortion rights. It doesn't have to be true. The point is these people are living in a world where their emotions are their facts. So if you go out there and you tell them something like that, they're going to respond to it. I mean, that's how repealing Roe versus Wade went down. They're like, oh, they took it out of the hands of the people. A couple of white men went out there and took away a woman's right to choose. Democrats are so full of crap. This is the end of democracy. We've got to stack the Supreme Court till it does what we want. That's what they said. But it was a lie because overturning Roe versus Wade just meant it wasn't a federal edict. It gave each individual state to vote the right to vote for whatever it wanted. So oddly enough, it ended with liberal states getting more abortion, not less, because they get to vote on it. 
Conservative states will adjust accordingly, but abortion is not going away. But that's how they get their way. They manufacture a hysteria. Okay, the hysteria they're able to manufacture around abortion is very politically viable. When Trump won the presidency last time, if you remember, the first weekend of his presidency, they had the Women's March in Washington, D.C. That was absolutely dreadful. Do you remember that? Ashley Judd screaming and yelling about menstruating, doing slam poetry. Madonna said she wanted to blow up the White House. Everybody was wearing vagina hats on their head. That was a real thing. They even let Michael Moore speak, technically not a woman, but he did have the biggest set of breasts on the stage. That's true. That is true. But you understand, they were having, like, die-ins. They were wearing handmade costumes. Women don't matter. Trump won. And Trump hadn't proposed any of the things that they were fighting against, but that manufactured hysteria allowed for the weaponization of our Justice Department against Trump after the Mueller probe and everything in between. You know, we're under attack here. You got to do stuff like this. And that's what they go with. So you understand Nikki Haley in the general is the best candidate the Republicans have if your goal is to take the White House away from Joe Biden. If the goal is we, you know, we need revenge for 2020, Trump's our guy, then absolutely it's Trump. And again, I'm not saying Trump wouldn't be a good president because if he just shuts down the border and stops giving our money away all over the country and focuses on the one we happen to be living in, he wins, hands down. And he will do those things, which is why it would make perfect sense to support him no matter what you think of his character. It would. Is Joe Biden's character literally any better than anybody's? The answer would be no. To Joe Biden... Okay, eulogized a Klan member in Robert Byrd. Joe Biden fought against integrated school busing in the 1970s. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Joe Biden goes where the wind blows. Okay, now literally, because a guy can barely walk. But the point is, it's completely unmoored to anything. Here's Joe Biden just before becoming vice president. Reading the tea leaves on gay marriage. Here he is talking about gay marriage a year prior. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Whoa! But, of course, he reversed that a year later when it became politically expedient. The point I'm trying to make here is Joe Biden has no values. He is a man of zero character. These are people who wouldn't acknowledge the existence of their own grandchild after Hunter knocked up a stripper while he was having an affair with his brother's widow. Think about the Bidens. They are a Jerry Springer episode. Imagine that's a Jerry Springer episode. My parents won't acknowledge the stripper baby I had behind my brother's widow's back. That's the Biden family. So you can't tell, oh, no, Jim, got to get Trump out of here. Joe, Joe Biden's a man of character, you see. The guy who vowed to govern for all Americans, whether they voted for him or not, and then said the people who didn't vote for him were semi-fascists, and they were worse than Jim Crow for asking for voter ID. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. And 40 other states. This is not a man of any integrity. Joe Biden, the man who fired cops, firemen, and nurses from their jobs because they didn't get a vaccine, 
did so after bashing the vaccine on the campaign trail. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. So who the hell is going to take this thing? Said the guy who then turned around and mandated you to take it or you would lose your job. This is not a man of any character whatsoever. And if you want to get into the Hunter Biden thing, they've lied about everything they've ever told you. The Hunter Biden story started out with this laptop is Russian disinformation. (laughs) Then they ascertained through the FBI and the DOJ that it wasn't disinformation. And the story became, all right, not Russian disinformation, but I've never talked to my son about his business. Then his son's business partners and two IRS whistleblowers testified that Biden had called into conference calls with Hunter Biden's business partners on more than 25 occasions. And he said, I have never actually talked to them about business, though. I just called in to talk about the weather. In what world do you think that's true? Really? Just coincidentally called in at the time of the meeting because he had the weather on his mind? Come on, don't bullshit me. They were selling access to our government through Hunter. Hunter's a dirtbag. And he was giving 10% of the money to Joe Biden. Are you the big man, Joe? According to all the bank records, according to two IRS whistleblowers, according to Hunter Biden's business partners, Joe Biden was getting this money. That doesn't mean he's going to go to jail. It doesn't mean they're not going to run the clock out on the statute of limitations. But it does mean this is a man of zero character. He's not united the country. Joe Biden's the guy that falsely accused border agents of whipping Haitian migrants. When the very photographer who took the photo said, hey, hey, they weren't holding whips. Those were the reins on the horses. Nobody was whipped. Don't run that story. And the White House ran it anyway. Bingo, man. Bingo. Just garbage human beings. And this isn't new. This is Joe Biden in 1988 when he was forced to drop out for lying about all the college work he didn't do. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Wow. 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 And the point I'm trying to make here is you don't have to vote for Donald Trump. That ain't my job. You might think he's crazy. But if you think Joe Biden is of more sound moral fiber than anyone, you're crazier than Trump will ever be. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you've ever seen the movie The Wrestler, you might think Randy the Ram Robinson is coming up. But no, it is Jenny Fallon who's right around the corner to help me close out the week. A little Fallon family meeting. Lincoln's too busy cutting class or doing whatever the hell you do in 10th grade. Alex, warm enough for Jenny. He's in Brooklyn. Alex! Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for taking the call. You were talking about Nikki Haley. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. want to comment on that. Because... I think it's it's game over for her, really. Mm. If I had a choice, I would vote for her because I think she could beat the Democrats in the general election. The polls have shown that for yep. the longest time. But she is a pretty established Republican. I mean, she, she doesn't believe in a lot of things that you believe in, and I, and I think she's not so clean as it comes to – she's very pro-war, and she's very into funding the Ukraine war. And you know she she made a lot of money at different establishment companies. Yeah, but those no that, that like that that doesn't fly. Like when she was the governor of South Carolina, and then she went to Boeing. She actually left Boeing when she was in the private sector because they got a subsidized bailout that she didn't agree with. There's a lot of attacks mm-hmm. about her that are like a third of a third of the way true. Reality is she's not going to be the nominee. Okay, she'd be the best nominee in the general, whether we like her or not, meaning if the goal is to stop Biden. But that's not the goal here. The goal is revenge. And that's fine. And, you know, again, Trump obviously did a lot of good for the country. Trump's lane that is tricky is his negatives are super duper high. So he's going to crush every Republican. But the general's a different story, mainly because there's going to be a very long election for him to run and a very short election for his opponent to run. Meaning Biden's not campaigning even if he is the nominee. But if Biden comes off the Uh ticket in June, which is what everybody says, Trump wastes January, February, March, April, May and June trashing Joe Biden, a guy he doesn't actually run against. And then the whole calculus starts over. And then basically Mm -hmm. whoever the Democratic nominee becomes, you go, well, he's just like Biden. But it's not the same thing because it's not Biden. So I think it's tricky. I I mean, I think it's going to be great theater, but she's not even going to be his VP. I mean, she ruled it out. She said she doesn't want to be anybody's VP. That was stupid. Well, that's 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 her way of saying I'm in it to win it. But that's her way of saying I'm in it to win it. Like if you want donors to keep sending you checks, you can't go, yeah, I'll be VP. (laughs) Then they're like, oh, she's giving up. Why are we writing checks? She needs that money, baby. So they got to get out there. But a good call as always, Alex. Have the best weekend, okay? Yeah, that's all you're hearing here is Nikki's got to say all the right things because if you want to keep the money coming, you want to keep the checks in the mail. It costs a lot of money to run for political office. There it is, Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. This is a good get by this show because joining us now in my home studio, she's on the line, she's not in the studio, uh, the love of my life, I, I, I explained her, I sold her to the viewers, to the listeners, as the fourth most powerful person in our house. Joining us now to break down my reasoning, my methodology, uh, the lovely and talented Jenny Fallon. Jenny! Hi! Okay, so here it is, and I said this in the last hour. These are my rankings on our family in terms of the people. Oh, I already know who's number one. Who's number one? Daisy. The cat, right? Yep. (laughs) I'm not wrong, though, right? (laughs) We we have an 18-year-old cat that literally runs the house. So, like, when I come home at night, like, Moses, like, I come in, you know, and I see Lincoln, I see Jenny, the dog is woofing, running in circles. But Daisy parts the Red Sea and just walks up to you and meows. (laughs) 
and then we all just go address whatever the, the concern of the 18-year-old cat is. Is that not the case? Right, but it's not just like a typical, like, cute cat meow. It is, there is feeling behind it. <laughs> there is animosity. There is just, like, just disdain for why it's taking us so long to get to her needs. Like, meanwhile, she's, like, getting fed around the clock. It's She truly needs nothing. But nothing. Don't, I, not if, not, you know. So not we... A, no, I get it. We have an 18-year-old cat. She has basically a bed in every room of the house, a bed or a couch <laughs> or a sunspot, and her life is just a series of demanding people follow her into the kitchen for treats, at which point she eats 12 of them and takes a two-hour nap. Is that, yep. is that how it works? Yep. So, and with me, too, down in the basement, because the, the uh, washer and dryer's down there, so anytime I'm doing laundry, she tries to lead me back into the room where I keep all of her, like, wet food. Uh-huh. So she'll come down, take two steps, come back in, meow at me, like, it, like and just leave <laughs> Lead me over there. Like, come on, lady. You know what I want. Everybody's Frosty the Snowman with a broom in their hand. (laughs) They're just trying to lead you down the streets of town uh, to that can of cat food. We're talking to Jenny Fela, the fourth most powerful person in the house. All right, here's the next (laughs) ranking. I kind of do put the dog second. Yeah. It's just be, and I only say that because so much of our life revolves around him. Now I'm I'm torn on this because I I want to believe I'm second because I pay for most of this, <laughs> okay, and I work like 23 hours a day, right? And in truth, the dog doesn't get to do everything. Like we leave him significant trips and stuff like that, right? Never without feeding him on the way out the door. Mm-hmm. Like Sunday when we were going to my mom's house and we fed him chicken nuggets on the way the out the worst. door. But it was so funny because he was eating chicken nuggets. Then suddenly the door had just shut in his face. And you and, took the chicken And the you. nuggets had left without him. <laughs> so, like, we thought we were doing a good thing, but it was probably the worst thing you could ever do to him, no? Oh, yeah. His so, nose knew that there was plenty more in that container. Oh, he did. It did it ever. So Bixby is either two or three. Mm-hmm. I almost think Lincoln is third because as the kid, he does a lot of, you know, probably more power than a kid should have. But it's yeah. a good, but he's a good kid. We don't have like a monster. Right. And he, he does use the power wisely. Yes. And he thanks us to the point that it's comical. Like he's each, very each sweet. dinner. Like yeah. it, everything. Thanks for cooking, pal. Yeah. He always thanks, thanks for me the, for cooking. Well, so but I cute. realized it's not manners. He's just glad I'm cooking and not you. <laughs> That could be true. I really can't argue that. <laughs> I'm a good baker. You're definitely the superior cook. Oh, that's so funny, Jenny Fela. But uh, all right, so that puts probably, honestly, it's, it could go either way. But honestly, like you're probably in a roundabout way fourth. But you're, it's, what's funny about it is it's like you're obviously the sun in the sky. The whole thing revolves around you. Oh. The cat's life revolves around you. The dog actually sleeps at your feet every night. Mm-hmm. The dog waits for you when you're in the bathroom like he's Secret Service. He's totally. He he has the headset, like like, like the little microphone on his collar. Like if Jenny goes into a room and shuts a door, the dog stands at attention outside the door. <laughs> it's so that, you know how they can tell does. the president's in the White House because yeah. there's a guard outside the entrance <laughs> to the Oval Office? That's if you it. see yep. Bixby outside a door, you know Jenny's on the other side of it. It's the yep. funniest thing in the world world so oddly okay we, you're probably the one we love and appreciate the most but i still rank you fourth do you oh, think i have the absolute least say in this house <laughs> like bar none <laughs> not even a question but i, I want to discuss this on some level <laughs> but it's not a complaint but it is it is the reality but it is okay and i just want this established because this is a teachable moment for marriages Okay, we have all been okay in like, you know, in these home improvement situations where somebody comes by and they're like, you know, we'll do this to the patio or we'll do this to the fence. And then the husband has to do that thing where he's like, I got to ask the boss. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of guys are saying that as an out to get back to the guy. Yeah. But far too many guys are saying they got to ask the boss because she's the boss. And I would argue, okay, that a lot of the women who are the boss 
aren't happy because they're dating an emasculated guy. So I don't I don't think I'm not I don't think you're you're conceding that I should be the boss. I think we should be like co-brokers, but I don't think any house where the woman is just the boss, I don't think it's a good setup. What do you think? No, about? absolutely not. No, no one should be like the boss boss. Like you said, like you're, you're both co-owners of this little business that you've created and you have your strong points. I have my strong points. You know, if there's like a leak under the sink, you're not fixing it, you know, <laughs> just as, but I mean, not even like, you know, but that's something that I'm better at. You know, yep. if we're going to cook for a large crowd, you're doing it. Yep. So, you know, we, we play on each other's strengths and I think that's what it is. And there's never been like a power struggle with no, us. No, not at all. We just, we know our roles. I mean, yeah, it's, totally. it's weird uh, because I, I get more hair and makeup than you do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they are a little reversed in some situations, in some but situations. It, it works. It works. Jenny, we have a caller who wants to get on with us, and against my better judgment, I'm putting Michael on the line. Oh, huh? yay! Michael! <laughs> Jimmy, hey, hey, we've got uh, four to six inches over here in Jersey, and I'm not bragging. I'm talking about the snow. <laughs> Michael! The city. My wife is on the phone. Come on, Michael. Come on. I'm just glad he made the joke before I did. Oh, there you go, Jenny Fela. How are you? Good. How are you? I heard you were by my hometown the other day. Oh, yes. Of hubby, yes. QP Burgers was a thing. And, oh, my gosh, how wonderful was were, was Lima or Lima. Yeah. I don't yeah. know yep. how you say it. Lima. Yep, yep. Cute, cute little town, Michael. Lima. Oh, my gosh. What a great place. I love uh, I'm going to be going back there, guaranteed. All right. Well, we'll let their security know, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> All right. So I have a question for you, Miss Fela. So even if you are far down the power chain, when there's snow in your area, what does the Fela family do for fun? Oh, well, what, well, 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 hold on. After, after they get done pushing me out the door to go shovel the whole driveway and the sidewalk? <laughs> Like, wow. <laughs> Listen, wow. Not, I'm not kidding either. Not kidding. <laughs> Michael, I married a farm girl. So honestly, she shovels snow. She has a snow blower because we anymore. felt like we felt like we were wearing her out a little bit. But, <laughs> but for real. Oh so what we do when it snows is Lincoln and I play Madden or watch football or YouTube videos. <laughs> Jenny shovels the neighbor's driveway, our driveway at some point. Yeah, comes in and we have food and hang out together. But it's or, you uh, know what the backyard with the dog too. He likes to jump around. In the yeah, snow, the dog so. likes to run around the backyard. But Michael, it's really weird. Like our family dynamic is like Lincoln's like our college roommate, and he probably <laughs> will be our college roommate. Like he's never moving out. Um, and uh, it's a weird dynamic because we just hang out. But the one thing about it that's college-y, Michael, is a lot of the things we do happen at bizarre hours. Like, so I'll give you an example. Kennedy and I were performing in uh, Holland, Michigan. Do you remember this, Jenny? Yep. We were performing in Holland, Michigan. And the plan was we're flying home from uh, Michigan Sunday morning at 5 a.m. So Jenny has put together just a disgusting brunch. There's a lot of booze, there's a lot of food, and, and we're just going to eat ourselves senseless. And then we spend the rest of the day on the patio calling ourselves names. That's how we get our eating under control in my family. We eat to the point that we're actually, like, verbally assaulting one another. And for real, like, you, if you knew how many times we call Jenny fat in a given day, but it comes, does it not come back at us, Jenny? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. So, so understand, but we don't let the party go, Michael. So on this particular day, Kennedy and I are leaving Michigan. Uh, our flight takes off on time, so we should be home at 8 a.m. But 40 minutes into the flight, the pilot announces that we're going to be landing in uh, Pennsylvania 
because we're low on fuel and they need us to taxi, at which point we actually land in Cleveland, unbeknownst to anyone on the plane. He goes, welcome to Cleveland. At which point I text to Kennedy, hey, man, there's something going wrong with, like, the flight tower or something. We should just drive home, and we do. I rent a car. We drive from Cleveland to my house. So we go from getting home at 8 a.m. to getting home at, like, 11 p.m. But what do we do when I get home at 11 p.m., Jenny? We go eat. We go drive. We have the brunch. We have the brunch, Michael. (laughs) Booze is served. Pancakes are made. Steak and eggs, waffles, whatever the hell it was, we ate all of it. Yep. (laughs) Well, it it sounds like y'all are just fantastic partners. You know, yeah. each of you have your story. It's the same in my house. We're approaching forty-one years wow. of marriage. So yeah, and yeah, she's my you know she's my best friend. She's my partner. She does a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff. You know, and it works out. There well, you yeah, go. but she mainly just screams for help in the basement where she's chained up. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. No, here's the thing. I'm not home that much. You know, I'm only home every now and then. And when she says, "Now, when are you leaving again?" I know. Okay, it's time to get out. Gas up the rig. Wow. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Michael, we love you, brother. Have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you so much for oh, talking to me, Jenny. You, Y'all have a great weekend. You better you watch the show tomorrow night, Michael. There he goes. Michael's out of here. He'll watch. Jenny, what do you think of that funny idea? Someone called in and said I should put the callers on TV. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I was looking through um, your comments on um, social media, and someone mentioned Michael. Is and that I was true? Like, yes. And I was like, absolutely. Was, absolutely. I think the fans are speaking. It like, was probably they're... Michael's wife trying to get him out of the house. <laughs> Probably. Burner account. (laughs) Hey, Jimmy, could you fly my husband up here? (laughs) Get him out of the house a couple more days. Keep him a few days. Well, we are (laughs) headed into uh, tomorrow night on the show. Everyone should know this. Uh, John Taffer from Bar Rescue. Uh, I told him off camera uh, the last time I saw him, I was hosting Gutfeld, and he was uh, a Gutfeld guest. And I had told him off camera that the brown butter bourbon was like my favorite thing in the world. John Taffer has his own brown butter bourbon. And the response, as you know, was he sent me a case for the holidays to give away to Fox people. So tomorrow night on the air, I have to find a creative way to thank him because we obviously were not paid spokespeople for what he does. Mm -hmm. But was it not the hit of the holidays, the John Taffer brown butter bourbon? It's delicious. And I'm not really like a bourbon drinker, but man, that oh, really good. Yeah. So I owe him. I have to I don't. I don't know if I'm going to wear, like, a shirt under my sport coat. Like, I can't, you know, because in you theory. you Superman it? Like, in, what are you going to We're supposed to interview him in a bar. That's the okay. hook because he's bar rescue guy. Mm-hmm. So the plan is to leave the studio and hit the bar either across the street or the bar next door at Fox and, like, literally walk over there in my outfit, sit down, and try to game a commercial break live. Um, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you'll see an extra clip of me driving around in the taxi. (laughs) You'll know if it didn't work, guys, if you see me driving the taxi a second time, uh, if you want some insider trading information. But I have to thank him because it really was. It was the the hit of the holidays of all the things we consumed. And um, I think the teachable moment here, as we were saying to Michael, is we're just a fun family. I don't know that we necessarily like each other, but we have a good time. Is what I would say. But we do. We have a good time. And that's the whole yeah. point of being alive. I say it everywhere I go. I say it every night to the point of exhaustion on this show and on the radio. I'm sure I'll work it into my comments on Hannity tonight. And that's just my <laughs> way of telling you you have like an extra five hours till you see me. Perfect. Oh, aren't I meeting you in Queens at like a, a, a party? I know. 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Is that a thing? Yeah, All maybe. Right, cool. All right. Well, hopefully Hannity doesn't send the jet for a night of cocktails down in West Palm. going <laughs> to ditch I me. Can. What a life. <laughs> Hasn't our life gotten so stupid and crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it has. Well, uh, it wouldn't be possible without you, young lady. I love you, Jenny. Oh, I love you, too. All right. I'll see you tonight. All right. Bye. The great Jenny Fela, bell of the ball, fourth most powerful person in my house. Right, get her out. Get her out of here. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth. On Fox Across America, your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon about to become your TV buddy. I'll be closing the Sean Hannity Show, longest-running show in cable news. What a fascinating dynamic, for real. It's the longest-running show in cable news. I am the newest, youngest show in cable news on any of the major networks. Uh, so you watch that little uh, bookend, if you will, between Hannity and myself, and you will quickly deduce why he's the longest-running host in cable news, and I'll probably be driving an Uber this time next year, if we're going to be on. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> but I'm excited to do it, uh, to close the week with Hannity, and then tomorrow night, man, wow, it's Fox News Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please set your DVRs right now. I need the ratings. Like, we built this thing together. This is our movement, and it's now made its way to television. It's exploding. It's selling out theaters around the country. we got a best-selling book coming out. If you haven't ordered it, foxnewsbooks.com. But I really want you to feel like you will have an ownership stake in this, and that's why I tell you to come out to the live events. They sell out anyway. Um, it, it doesn't affect my experience, but it might affect yours in terms of how you look at the world these days to know that there are so many good-hearted, like-minded people out there. The news, the media, social media has a way of making you think the bad guys are winning because the bad guys get all the press. The squeaky wheel gets the most grease. But the truth is when you get out there and you see the number of people that are just like you, that are just like me, that like get it. Like, hey, we live in America. We can't ruin a good thing. Most people know that. And that's why a lot of the elites are losing now. That's why people like the World Economic Forum over in Davos are being laughed at. And reporters are finally getting in the face of guys like John Kerry and saying, hey, man. What are you doing here on a private jet, Mr. Climate Guy? You realize that's a fraud, right? Then, of course, John Kerry's like, ah, that's a stupid question. How do you ask me that? And again, you know, there's that consideration that Kerry can't fly commercial because people think he's Mr. Ed. (laughs) But the point is, okay, he's full of it. We did a story last night in Waters World, okay, about how reusable grocery bags, you might like them and that's fine. But are they any better for the environment than disposable plastic? The answer would be no. In fact, you'd have to use them literally hundreds of times in order for them to make any environmental difference whatsoever. Now, some people remember to bring them to the store. Some people, like Jenny and myself, just have a bag of disposable bags inside a disposable bag. And we forget them all the time. Now, we're trying to get better at it. I mean, you've just been shopping a certain way your whole life. But the one certainty from disposable bags is that the people pushing this mandate are the ones profiting from it. Money, 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 money. It's climate change in a nutshell. Okay, people pushing electric cars, what do you think they're doing? Making money off electric cars. Is it any better for the environment to drive an electric car? (laughs) It takes more fossil fuels 
to produce an electric car than it does a gas-powered car. Never mind the gutting of the earth and the rare earth minerals that we now have to buy off China, our number one geopolitical foe. Never mind that when you finally make the electric car, it doesn't run on wind or rain or snow. It runs on good old-fashioned fossil fuels because you plug it into the power grid. So there's so much fraud in our life, and there are so many people like yourself that see through it, and I think that's a good thing. Okay, and I think when you come to these events, when you watch the show Saturday night and you see this radio movement you've been a part of for three years actually barreling into television now and taking over weekend programming, it's amazing. But it's not like a testament to me or ability or wherewithal or any. It's you guys. It's that there's a market. I'm not doing anything today I didn't know how to do 10 years ago. There just wasn't a market for it 10 years ago. You guys have created that market. That's the point. So when I say I'm going to, Mar- you know, in March I'll be in Idaho Falls, come to Idaho Falls. I tell you, May 18th, I'm at the Schubert Theater in Boston. Drive up to Boston. Come see all the Fox Across Americans. We got that extra show on sale in Ponte Vedre, Florida now because the first one sold out. That's Saturday, March 9th. Go to the show. I will meet every single one of you. And we will laugh and we'll talk about my act and you'll make fun of my outfit and we'll take a selfie. But most importantly, we will celebrate our unique American privilege. Freedom! See you tomorrow night on the TV, girlfriend. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.